and welcome back to Tiny Voice Talks. I'm so pleased that you are back and joining us. And if it's your first time, welcome. I love talking to all the variety of people I've got on. And today I have Matt Deshane, who is someone that I came across on Twitter. And um, yes, today I hope that you will find out more about this absolutely amazing man. So hi, Matt. Welcome to Tiny Voice Talks. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited to be on today. And um, yeah, a bit overwhelmed. It's really exciting. Yeah. And and what I didn't say to our listeners is that we have decided to name this episode Tiny Voice Talks Authenticity, because that's very much what you are all about. So for our listeners who don't know who Matt Duchesne is, who is Matt Duchesne? Well, so Matt Duchesne is a 43-year-old man living in Whitstable by the sea with a dog and a cat and a husband. I work as a leadership, well-being and executive coach with head teachers and schools and people outside of education. And in previous lives, I was a primary school head teacher and then spent a few years working between London and Northern India for a children's charity in Gujarat. Wow. So variety, variety very Mm. much. Now, I came across you on Twitter. I've been following you for a little while. And then there was the photo. And that was, I think that was your defining moment on Twitter, really. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was really early. I was having a look back through the tweets um, this morning just to figure out when it was. And it was the 1st of April. And what it was, I I think it was early in lockdown. And early lockdown had been quite challenging for me I had a you know a new business that had been really impacted and I drank a bit of wine and I was a bit wistful and I just posted this photograph for my wedding day and I looked at it the next day and some people had unfollowed it and it was just a nice it wasn't you know just a nice photograph of the two of us and some people had unfollowed me which just made me feel a bit sad and made me realize there were still people out there that held prejudice and um, mm. potentially homophobic views and so I just tweeted that and I was edging towards 500 followers and I was like oh that's quite a shame and then it just got picked up and there's um, I think it was Mrs A and you who then just said well this is outrageous let's just go with it <laughs> and then yeah it was awful oh and it's and it's one of those things you I kind of reflect on it and I think it was a, a completely pivotal moment in my Twitter journey and within the space of something like 30 hours I'd gone from 500 followers to edging towards 3,000 and people saying actually those people that unfollowed you don't matter and look at what you've got instead and people saying actually I'm going to follow you because of that photograph and because you're being authentic you're being who you are and you're not you're not having any shame about celebrating just a photograph that just demonstrated love really and it would completely change my Twitter experience completely. And it's funny how one photograph can just resonate with so many people in a way that I totally didn't expect it to. I think you're absolutely right. And for me, I'm never sure if people are authentic or not authentic on Twitter. I would hope that most of the people, if not all the people that I connect with are authentic But for me, that photo and the love within that photo embodied pure authenticity. You saying, hey, everyone, this is who I am and this is what matters. And that's why I loved it. And I I was shocked, shocked to my core that people had unfollowed you because of that. 
really, really was. You know, for me, growing up um, as a gay man and, ha- and hiding my identity for such a long time, and even through my teaching career, I experienced quite a lot of homophobia and had my car damaged with some homophobic um, words scratched into it and so on. So for me, putting that photo out, it wasn't that it was um, I was expecting people to go with it, but it was just a that was me being much braver than I've ever been before in saying this is who I am and I've been you know I've been with Dougie for 20 years and so we've lived Mm. really you know a great happy life together and so it wasn't like a big declaration it was just a a nice photograph and it was me being brave it was being who I am and that was a big it was a big step for me personally as well as that Twitter um, impact. Absolutely and I think Going back, you just said about, you know, it, it took you time to, to come out and that you you hid for a, a while um, previously. And you said something to me about your wedding, which mm. I was really shocked about. Tell me about the guests at your wedding. Oh, I think yeah. your listeners need to hear this. Yeah. So, well, I've been out for a long time. I came out at 18 in 1995, yeah. which, you know, that makes I'm, I'm middle aged now, clearly. Um, uh, but at our wedding, we had 30 people at our wedding. It was a small wedding. But the only gay people there were me and Dougie, so all of our all of our close friends um, are all straight. So that was yeah. So that I think I don't know if that's unusual or not, but it's normal for us. But that's kind of the life that we that we lead, really. Well, what I love is when we were talking, you you said to me, you know, it, actually we live a really boring life. Well, yeah. We're not sort of, you know, it's not majorly exciting. We have a dog, a cat, and we live in Whitstable. It's yeah. not a happening sort of world that we're living in. Oh, no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like that. I was like, yeah. And that, I think, came, the photo for me just embodied, ju- you know, just love, really. Mm. So let's step back in time slightly. To, um, so you are now a, a coach yeah. and you've mentioned that you're a head teacher and, and, and all of the various things. What has brought you to where you are now? Mm. It's, um, it's been a, it's been a, I've had a really interesting career journey. And um, I think someone said to me when I was having a wobble a while ago, and she said, actually, something about you is that you're really brave, that you take brave decisions. And I'm not sure whether that's necessarily true. It's nice to hear. But actually, I've realised that I I need to look after myself and I need to do the things that bring me more joy. Mm. And early on in my career, I mean, when I, tried, I did the graduate teacher programme, and I remember on day one thinking, I just want to be a head teacher. And I climbed that greasy pole, you know, fairly swiftly and thought that, the money and the status, and you know, not huge amounts of money, but the status would bring me happiness. And I don't think it necessarily did. And then what I've learned now is I've come to a place where mental health has played a huge role in my life. And um, Dougie had a, a nervous breakdown about six years ago. He was an assistant head in a, mm-hmm. in a secondary school and took a year yeah. off work. And that really gave me the chance to reevaluate what was important to not just me but to us as a couple and what brought us yeah. happiness and that was a big moment and then I thought well what what's next so this job in India just looks incredible it was all about teaching and learning and leadership which I'm really passionate about and working in a different country there was a there was clearly an itch that needed scratching there I've got a sense of adventure in me that a mile wide and <laughs> it was just that it, and I just thought I just can't I don't want to regret not doing this. Um, and so I phoned up yeah. and they said, oh, it closes tomorrow. 
and we need a CV, which I didn't have. So I phoned a friend and said, I need your CV really quickly so I can have a template and then banged it off. And I was lucky enough that I got it. But what came out of that since then is that the organisation was amazing, but I didn't, towards the end, I just didn't fit within it. And it it gave me a chance that I had to stop because my mental health was being really detrimentally affected. I was really unhappy. I was commuting mm-hmm. to London two and a half hours each way, which gave me too much headspace to be thinking about it. And so I left with no job to go to last. I, I resigned in March last year and I officially left in May. And then in that time, the, the following few months, I just stepped back. I mean, I was miserable, but I stepped back and I just thought, actually, what do I want to get out of life and what can I bring to other people? And what it boiled down to was about values. It was about being who I am. It was about being authentic to myself and about how do I bring that to support other people? And I realized that really was my calling. And I'd been training to be a coach and it just fitted with me really, really clearly. And I thought, right, I either go for a full-time job or I go self-employed and I just give it a go. So I just stepped off the precipice and went for it. As your friend said, you're really brave. And I think you are living, you're living those values that you mentioned. So how did you, how did you discover your values within it all? It was, it's a good question. It was a lot of soul searching, to be honest. I think what I'd found um, like naturally, I'm really quite gregarious. I'm friendly and amiable. I could go into a party where I didn't know anybody and I'd be able to go and chat to people. But I'd completely mm-hmm. lost all of that. I'd lost my sense of self and my self sense of identity. And I was really lost and I was a complete shadow of myself. And so then it was about just sitting and thinking. And then I dug a pond in my garden, this sounds a bit ridiculous, but <laughs> I um, I needed to do something outside and something physical. And I'm not a, a you know, I'm not a, I'm not a physical person particularly. I'm more of a sitter, but I needed to be outside doing something. And the pond was just a really lovely distraction, a bit like mindfulness, really, of just doing mm. something different outside with the sun on my skin and going into my bones. And it gave me a chance to really think about what I wanted out of life. And then I started to talk to other people about how they started their alternative career journey. And from that, then I thought about, well, what is it that makes me me and what makes me different to other people? And what do I bring? And part of that is life experience, career experience. But it was all it was all within me. And I just had to find it and then talk to people about it and say, this is what I believe in. And then be brave enough to say, this is what I stand for. And I think those are the moments when you you really find out who you are when you talk to people and you say, this is what I'm about. And they go, yeah, I get that. And that, that's those are really powerful moments. So it was a lot of soul searching, a lot of thinking and a lot of talking and reading and then starting to live it properly and get back to who I had been before. It's incredibly hard, isn't it, to actually stand up, be brave and say, this is what I'm about. This is what I believe in. I think... And I don't know if you've experienced this, but I think within education, we learn early on which values we should be adopting. We tend then to fit in with the where we are, you know, that wherever we are working, if their values are this, that and the other, then our values are this, that and the other. What's very difficult then is to stand back and say, 
actually, my values are different. What matters to me, my very, very core, is different from what matters to you. Yeah, I think absolutely right. Absolutely right. I mean, so working with an organisation, they had great values. We'd all been part of that process. But then we didn't sit, I didn't feel them or see them. They had no life in them. And that was the bit that I found difficult. And they were more, they became quite counterproductive and actually did more damage, I think, than good. And I think the idea about values is really interesting and about being who you are, being authentic. And organisations talk a lot about what their values are and what they stand mm-hmm. for. And then you can choose whether you buy into them or whether you don't. But what's important is that those values are really authentic and real. That I remember doing a visioning workshop as a new head and coming up with our strap line and our mission statement. And I used, the, you know, I went with lots of stakeholders and I talked to the children and so on. And I look at it back now and I think, gosh, would I do that again? And I'm not sure how I would. I think I'd go about it really differently because actually, what. In what way? Just because I think what I was trying to do, I was trying to bolt on a value set about excellence in education and children being all they can be and all that, you know, you see them all over the place. But what I hadn't yeah. done is actually got a real sense of what the school was already about, what it needed, what I could bring, and then really, truly gathering other people's ideas so that when people would walk into the building, they would say, if they said to me, what are your values? And I'd say, oh, we're a school who? They would say, yeah, absolutely. I completely feel that. And I think that's the work that needs to be done. And if I was going to have that time over again, that's how I would approach it and think, well, actually, what do I want the children to be like? What do I want the adults to be like? And then how do I bring those people all together? Um, Because values for me, I think... I'm not really fussed what your values are as a human being, as long as you live them and breathe them and own them properly. And that's a big shift for me. Um, And I think you're right about learning values and about legitimising viewpoints. And I think there's been a huge thing. I'm thinking this morning about this and about LGBT rights in Poland, particularly, which are really, really, the LGBT people that are finding are facing real challenges in Poland because of the the government there. But the homophobic and transphobic views there are being completely legitimised. And so that's a value set, fundamentally. It's a set of behaviours that people buy into. And so you think, well, how do you reconcile that with my own viewpoint? And I think actually it is easier to work or talk to somebody whose values are fundamentally different to mine and then talk it in a reasonable way, not an argumentative way or a combative way. Is that easier because people are saying, actually, this is what I believe, rather than someone saying, oh, no, I liked your photograph of you and your husband on Twitter, but actually I wouldn't want one of my own children to be gay. Yeah, and I think a discussion that we had the other day was actually about Donald Trump. Yeah, And we were talking, (laughs) because whether you like the man or not, he is very clear about what he's about. Yeah. There is, I mean, he is very, in a sense, authentic with regards to this is who I am. If you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. And I don't care. Yeah, I think that is hard to do, especially within an education system, especially if you are trying to work for an organisation, you know, school, whatever educational organisation you're working, you want to fit in. Yeah. So, how do how do people discover what well, how do they well as you did get brave and mm. actually go this is what i believe in but it 
it doesn't necessarily tally. How do people allow themselves to become more authentic without risking professionally, you know, their career? That's a really important question. And it's, I think it it comes down to fundamentally what you can put up with, really, and where it fits with you. And all of us have a different viewpoint on our careers and our workplaces and where we sit. And there'll be people who go in, say, I go in, I do my job and I go home and I leave it behind. And there are other people who have a slightly different investment in it. And I think for me, what it came down to was about fundamentally was about happiness. And I thought for me, I wasn't doing the best I could do in parts of my job because I was unhappy. And Mm. at points I thought, well, maybe it's just because I'm punching above my weight or I'm out of my depth. And there may have been moments where that was true. But when I distilled it, it really came down to that I was at odds with what I was experiencing in terms of my own personal value set and what I believe in and the work that I was doing. And some points, for some people, you have to just draw a line and say, okay, I've done what I can. I need to take myself out of this situation. And when I left, I went into, I had some counseling and something that my counselor said to me, he said, actually, by taking yourself out of a situation, you are ultimately taking control back. And yeah. that was a huge point for me because I had, I'd felt really out of control and I thought I'm just running away from this situation because I can't cope. But actually what I'd done, I'd taken the control back. And that was massively um, important in my, in my journey to recovery and coming back and being who I am. And that's what I'd say to people is you have to think, about where do the differences lie? Can I make a change from within? I think that's really important, that if you see the values are not being lived and breathed, if people are not being authentic, then can you call it out? If you can't, then you have to make a decision. And there are the right schools and the wrong schools, depending on who you are. And that's not a judgment in terms of, oh, yeah. that's about who you are and where you fit. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's, it's that piece of the jigsaw. Yeah. You, know, you, need to be, you need to be the piece of the jigsaw that fits into the correct puzzle. And not every puzzle is going to be the right one for you. So would you say that it really for every teacher, for every educator out there, there's real value, actually, there's real value in sitting down and recognising what your core values are? Mm. Absolutely. 100%. I was doing, um, I'm part of the Mentee Primary Mentoring Programme and someone I was working with. one of the questions that I put to him was, who are you? And that was, who are you as a human being? And who are you as an educator? And that was a really important conversation. And I think that's something that we all need to do at different points because we shift and we change. And I think yeah. if you can look inwardly and say, okay, what am I? If you know, holding that idea of holding a mirror up against yourself and saying, okay, what am I about? Good, bad, ugly, brilliant all of it in between and then thinking right what do I want to change about myself what do I want to develop in myself and what do I want to do more of and I think it's a really important um it's a really important thing to do because if you can then go into work being who you are unashamedly then Mm -hmm. a really powerful thing for children to see and it also ripples through the school because people will say they're totally doing the right thing because their their intentions are right and they're being who they are um, and I think is a really important thing to do. 
And actually, if you've done that and you know exactly who you are and what, you know, and you are being your authentic self, then surely it's going to be much easier to choose an establishment Mm. that is that perfect fit, that is that jigsaw that will fit you in wonderfully well. But actually, if you haven't done that work, it's a case of, in a sense of adopting someone else's values the whole time. I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think choosing jobs is, is a complete minefield and, you know, and mm. trying to match candidates and so it's all difficult. But part of that process, if you think, you know, those people are thinking about applying for jobs elsewhere or changing career path, part of that process is thinking about, well, who am I and what do I want? And then finding the places that fit with that that obviously is without the pressure of not having you know if you don't have a job there's an additional pressure on there but if you get to that point where you think actually what do I want to get out of my professional life that's going to nourish and supplement my personal life then that makes that process a different one because you're going into it thinking where do I want to work and who's going to benefit from me because they know that I'm going to make a real impact and I'm going to make a huge difference to them because I'm picking them as much as they're picking me gosh that's that is really powerful and I think actually it it then gives you sort of it, it empowers the individual as they are going in because I don't know about you but I've had those moments where I've gone into a school and I've walked around and I thought no mm. oh yeah absolutely this doesn't feel right and what, And actually, I've spoken to a number of people that have had that feeling of, no, no, it doesn't feel right. And yet they've taken the job anyway. <laughs> Be- because of that panic of, oh, gosh, actually, yeah. another job might not come along. Imagine, yeah, just imagine if we all worked in places where we had exactly the same shared values and it was truly based on authenticity. Gosh, Obviously, That'd be phenomenal. It really would, and and what that then does, I think, if you've got staff, um, a team, a, a true team, um, then just think of the impact on children where they see mm. people who are happy, people who are being themselves and and being who they are, and they bought in, and they're all going in the same direction as much as they can do. You think how empowering that is for children to see. Actually, I really can do things that potentially might have been out of my reach before because they're really not anymore because I, I can I can do it right and I think that would be amazing yeah because if children see you being real then they know that it's okay for them to be real yeah. and just be them yeah so yeah the power of authenticity so Matt Deshaun, if you could have anyone, alive or dead, to have taught you, who would you have chosen? Okay. So I'm going to actually choose someone who's already taught me, actually. So I'm going to go back to Mr. Oliver, who taught me in primary school when I, now it'd be called year four. Um, And he's an amazing person who really bought me out of myself and I when I was in year 10 I did work experience back in that school um and he was a man who showed me that men could be great primary school teachers and that was really powerful for me and since then he's he's got early onset um Alzheimer's and he's doing amazing work about raising that profile so I think if I had the choice I'd go back and do that year with Mr Oliver again oh that sounds wonderful 
and he sounds wonderful. He's incredible. He's amazing. So, so if people want to find you, Matt, Ooh. how do they get in touch with you? How do they find you? Well, they can often find me on the beach in Whitstable, but that is a little random. Um, but and that would be a bit weird if they sort of came up to you and sort of tapped you and they're, oh, you're Matt Deshane. <laughs> you never know. A bit strange. Um, but yeah, <laughs> alternative to that. You're going to have all these people now on Whitstable Beach looking for you. You do realise yeah. that. <laughs> Our listeners are going to go out there. <laughs> so stalking aside, they can find me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> at Matt Deshane, um, and then also on my website, which is www.mattdeshane.com. Matt, it has been an absolute delight having you on here today. I love the way you live your values and you scream authenticity from everything you do. I really hope that our listeners have got something from this Mm. and that they go away and actually reflect on their values because I know that I'm going to go away from this and reflect yet again on what my core values are. So thank you. Thank you for coming along. And go off to Whitstable Beach and enjoy. Yes, I will do. Thank you very much. (laughs) 